Hi everyone, welcome back to the Gate of Heaven video diary where we are now knee-deep in the storm of Zanjan, which Nabil describes as the most devastating of all of the, the great upheavals of the Dawnbreakers. So after the death of, of their, their inspirational companion Zainab, Hujat and the rest of his supporters continue to defend themselves in the fort from the ongoing attacks and that same spirit of, of mutual support that had characterised the Bobbies of Mazandaran and, and Nairis now pervades the Bobbies of Zanjan, whose numbers are in the thousands, and not just men, but women, children, young and old, entire families are banding together to support each other inside the fort as these attacks rage on. Nabil writes, Men and women laboured with unabating fervour to strengthen the defences of the fort and reconstruct whatever the enemy had demolished. Every thought, every desire was subordinated to the paramount necessity of guarding their stronghold against the onslaughts of the assailant. The part the women played in these operations was no less arduous than that accomplished by their men companions. Every woman, irrespective of rank and age, joined with energy in the common task. They sewed the garments, baked the bread, ministered to the sick and wounded, repaired the barricades, cleared away from the courts and terraces the balls and missiles fired upon them by the enemy, and last but not least, cheered the faint in heart and animated the faith of the wavering. Even the children joined in giving whatever assistance was in their power to the common cause, and seemed to be fired by an enthusiasm no less remarkable than that which their fathers and mothers displayed. So, the governor of Zanjan, Majdu Daule, is fueled with hatred for Hojat that, that can scarcely be matched by, by anybody in the city, until the arrival of one of the most powerful commanding princes of the country, the Amir Tuman, who arrives in Zanjan, bringing with him 22 new regiments of imperial soldiers and combining his forces with those of the governor, he launches the most aggressive attack yet. And so vast is the army and so ferocious is, is the Amir Tuman's onslaught that in one day alone, 300 of the Babis are slain a number that, that reflects in a single day the entire company of those who had perished at the fort of Sheikh Tabarsi. And when the news of this day reaches the Bab in his prison, he gives to Zanjan, in, in honour of, of, of those who fell, the name The Exalted Spot. But even after sustaining the loss of these 300 of their companions, Hujat and the rest of them remain undaunted, unwilling to give up, and baffled as to, as to how such a major blow to their numbers can still not induce them to surrender. The Amir Tuman pulls back and the attacks slow down into a momentary lull. But Hujat senses what's coming. He says to his companions, The treacheries of Mazandaran and of Nairiz are still vivid in our minds. 
that which was perpetrated against them, the same they purpose to perpetrate against us. And sure enough, Zanjan becomes the scene of the third great treachery. The Amir Tuman sends to Hujat the Quran, and in it, this message. My sovereign has forgiven you, you as well as your followers. I hereby solemnly declare to be under the protection of his imperial majesty. This book of God is my witness that if any of you decide to come out of the fort, you will be safe from any danger. So a small group of Hujat's companions volunteer to, to go out and to try to speak in person with the Amir Tuman. But just a few hours later, only one of them returns, dashing into the fort, breathless, panic-stricken, his whole body trembling as he tells Hujat how he has just narrowly escaped the Amir Tuman's slaughter of the other volunteers. And Hujat gathers his companions inside the fort around him, and he says to them, I am well pleased with your unflinching endeavours, my beloved companions. Our enemies are bent upon our destruction. They harbour no other desire. Their intention was to trick you into coming out of the fort and then to slaughter you mercilessly after their heart's desire. It is clear that not until they capture this fort and scatter you will they lay down their arms or cease their persecutions against us. Your continued presence in this fort will eventually cause you to be taken captive by the enemy, who will of a certainty dishonour your wives and slay your children. Better is it therefore for you to make your escape in the middle of the night and to take your wives and children with you. Let each one seek a place of safety until such time as this tyranny shall be overpassed. I shall remain alone to face the enemy. It were better that my death should allay their thirst for revenge than that you should all perish. But Hujat's supporters, unwaveringly loyal to him, reply, We can never consent to abandon you to the mercy of a murderous enemy. Our lives are not more precious than your life, neither are our families of a more noble descent than that of your kinsmen. Whatever calamity may yet befall you is what we shall welcome for ourselves. So, his attempt to deceive Hujat having failed, the Amir Tuman launches a fresh attack. His soldiers charge once again at the fort as aggressively as they possibly can. And during this attack, Hujat himself takes a bullet in his arm. And though his companions manage to fight off the soldiers, the wound is deep. And over the following days, he loses more and more blood and he becomes less and less able to provide the same level of leadership. And when the Amir Tuman discovers that Hujat is wounded, he seizes this opportunity as the perfect moment to make his ultimate move, the invasion of the fort. And the whole scene around the city of Sanjan 
just erupts. The soldiers force their way inside. They kill the men. They capture the women and children. Some of the companions manage to escape from the fort, fleeing, scattering through the streets of Zanjan, running to their homes or seeking any place where they can find shelter. Some of them manage to get Hojat, who is bleeding profusely, out of the fort and, and get him across town to his home. But not long after they get him into his house, Hojat, having lost so much blood, kneels down in his room and lays his forehead on the ground. And while the storm is raging in the streets outside his house, he calls on the name of the Bab and, with his last breath, cries out a prayer in the same spirit as those prayers cried out by Jesus on the cross and by Caduce in the hour of his martyrdom. Pardon this people, O God, he was heard to say, for they know not what they do. Have mercy upon them, for they who have led them astray are alone responsible for the misdeeds the hands of this people have wrought. And so now, with the lifelong object of their envy finally removed from their midst, the priests of San John unleash their unrestrained hatred upon the few remaining supporters of Hojat. The ulamas of Zanjan, flushed with the victory that had cost them such exertion and loss of life, and which had involved to such an unprecedented degree their reputation and prestige, endeavoured to incite the populace to commit every imaginable outrage against the lives of their men captives and the honour of their women. Neither the Amir Tuman nor the governor was able to allay the thirst for plunder and revenge which had seized the whole town. Armed with their lances and spears, they flung themselves upon the seventy-six companions who still remained, piercing and mutilating their bodies with a savage ruthlessness that excelled the dark deeds of even the most refined torture-mongers of their race. The spirit of revenge which that day dominated those barbarous men passed all bounds. Regiment vied with regiment in committing the foulest atrocities which their ingenious minds could devise. A number of these captives were blown from guns. Others were stripped naked, ice-cold water was poured upon their bodies, and they were lashed severely. Still others were smeared with treacle and left to perish in the snow. Despite the shame and cruelties they were made to suffer, not one of these captives was known either to recant or to utter one angry word against his persecutors. Not even a whisper of discontent escaped their lips, nor did their countenances betray a shadow of regret or grief. No amount of adversity could succeed in darkening the light that shone in those faces. No words, however insulting, could disturb the serenity of their expression.
And while the citizens of Zanjan are engaging in the massacre of Hujat's companions. The governor sets his heart on the desecration of his body. But his companions have anticipated this desire of the governor. And so they've hidden his remains in a secret room in his house. And not one of them, even when subjected to the most brutal tortures, will reveal the location of the body. And so having failed to, to extract the location from his companions, the governor summons to his presence Hujat's traumatised seven-year-old son. And he says to him, My son, I am filled with grief at the knowledge of all the afflictions that have been the lot of your parents. Not I, but the Mujtahids of Zanjan should be held responsible for the abominations that have been committed. I am now willing to accord the remains of your father a befitting burial and wish to atone for the shameful deeds that have been perpetrated against him. And Nabil tells us. By his gentle insinuations, he succeeded in getting the child to reveal the secret and thereupon sent his men to fetch the body. No sooner had the object of his desire been delivered into his hands than he ordered that it be dragged with a rope to the sound of drums and trumpets through the streets of Zanjan. And so the, the formidable Hojat, the priest with the, with the principles of steel who, who had spent his life as a devoted spiritual guide to the people of his city, was now added to the list of those who had given up their lives for the cause of the Bab and had become immortalized as the Dawnbreakers. So in the next episode, we are going to step into the event which is without doubt the darkest moment in the entire story of the Dawnbreakers, an event that, that eclipses in the magnitude of its consequences even the darkest moments of the upheavals of Mazandaran, Tehran, Nairiz and Zanjan, the martyrdom of the Baal.